everybody. Hope that you had a great week. Obviously, we're still giving each other some distance, but uh, we can still look at each other and, and wave. So if you would, why don't you take a few moments and kind of say hi to everybody um, as I kind of get set up here so we're ready to go. Thank you, John. Great job. Hope, like I said, you've been having a good week. Um, I am uh, definitely ready for it to stop feeling like um, the sun uh, around. It's been very warm. Hopefully I don't drop my stuff. If I do, it'll end up on one of those YouTube videos of pastor fails, which I'm sure they have, even though I don't look at them because that would be laughing at my own kind. So, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Well, like I said, good morning. I missed you all last week. I hope that you had a great 4th of July uh, weekend in time. We had a great time visiting our family in, in Kansas City and uh, enjoying that. And, but it's good to be home. It's good to be back. And uh, like I said, I hope that you guys had a, a great week. I know that uh, I've heard from many individuals, and, and I know that uh, obviously John did a great job speaking for me last week. So again, thank you, John, for doing that and did a great job. And so, uh, but it, like I said, it's good to be home. It's good to be back with you uh, this morning. There's a couple things we want to talk about. First of all, obviously, welcome to everybody. Welcome to those that are watching online. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. Also, uh, this is normally the time where we do our, our offering. And so if you're interested in giving, um, we're doing it obviously a little bit different um, now. We have uh, some, the offering plates up here at the front. You can go ahead and put your offering in there, or you can give online at uh, www.broomfieldassembly.org generosity, or you can send in uh, your check uh, in the mail to the church office and we'll get that. So just wanted to make sure you were aware of that. We are going to be starting a brand new series. Um, I was thinking about this um, earlier in the week. I remember um, back in, I don't know if it was January or February, uh, before a lot of this stuff started happening, I remember I was talking to you guys. I was like, you know, I think about, I'm thinking about doing a, a series on the book of Revelation. And this was kind of before all this really hit. Obviously, we knew a little bit about it, but not like it is today. And, um, and, and as we kind of got into this, I kind of feel out started to learn more and more that this was a, a series that we're going to, to, should be looking at and talking about. Because I really believe that, that this series is an important one for many, many reasons. But one of them is, I really believe this. And some of you, you're going to go, I, I don't really understand this. Or I don't know if I really believe you on this. But this is one of those series other than, now follow me here, other than a series on the death and resurrection of Christ other than our blessed hope, this is a series that is all about hope. This is a series that is all about looking at things and going, you know what, this isn't the end, this isn't how this is all going to play out. This is a series that I truly want to be about hope, because when I was a kid, the book of Revelation was not about hope. The book of Revelation was scare me half to death book. Okay, I remember when I was a kid, um, our pastor growing up loved the book of Revelation, especially he loved it on Sunday nights. And I don't know if I can kind of picture this for you in my, where I grew up, we, we had a church where we had the platform and over kind of over to the, the stage left area over here, there was a baptismal tank and it was beautiful and there were rocks and every once in a while they'd flip on a switch and the water would drip down and it would be beautiful, a little fountain, you know, it's all that sort of stuff. But sometimes I would show up with my family for Sunday night service and instead of the beautiful fountain being visible with all the trickling little water, he had this massive chart that scared me half to death. 
And he had a, it was, and we, we may actually, later on in the series, we're going to go through the timeline of the book of Revelation. I may even find that, that picture or that chart and give it to you. So you can kind of follow along with us, but we'll see. But on that chart, it was the timeline. And so he would go through everything. And I remember thinking, tribulation, what, what millennial reign of Christ? Why is there a scary picture of a guy with a sword and a crown with what looks like the devil? All these weird things on there. It scared me half to death. The problem is, is the book of Revelation is a book of hope. It's not a scary book, but we don't always understand it. And because we don't understand it, we tend to look at it in ways that was never intended to look at. So one of the things I really want to accomplish through this series, now listen, this series is going to take maybe four to five weeks, okay? And what I mean by that is we're not going to get deep, 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 okay? If you want deep, 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 We'll, we'll figure that out and we'll, we'll sit down for the next six months and go deep, 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 okay? If this will help you, this is Revelation 101, okay? I want to give you, first, especially today, this morning, I want to give you an introduction to the book. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the churches. We're going to talk about the timeline and some other things that I feel like is important. But, but don't be afraid. Don't be like, oh my goodness, we're going to be in this until Christmas. We're not. We're just going to take a couple weeks and kind of look at these things because I do believe this is a book of hope. But before we get started, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time. God, I thank you for the opportunity to share these things that you've placed on my heart. God, I pray that you would help us as we look at these things to truly understand. Father, I feel like a lot of times we don't look at the book of Revelation because it is confusing. Because there are some, there's some signs and some imagery that, that just, just confuses us that we don't understand. And Father, we're going to see in a minute, we're going to, I'll share in a minute what you've said about how important this book really is and why we need to look at it. Help me to communicate those things this morning. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so again, the title of the series that we're going to look at is What Must Soon Take Place? And it is a study of the book of Revelation. Like I said, it'll be up four or five weeks, depending on um, one week as, as far as I'm, I haven't decided if I'm going to split it into two or one. But it's going to basically take us through uh, basically the end of July. So before we kind of really get into this, we're going to look at Revelation 1, 1 through 3. This is obviously the very beginning of the book. It's a great place to start. And we're going to kind of look at this, but that'll be up on the screen and we're going to look at this with you. Now, again, if you, if you have a Bible, please bring it. If you don't have a Bible or you use your app, use your app. Follow along with me on some of these, especially over the next several weeks, because it's going to be important that you see some of these things with me, okay? Obviously, they'll be on the screen, and if you're at home, grab your Bible, grab a, your Bible app, do whatever, and kind of follow along with me. But this is what it says. It says in Revelation 1, 1 through 3, and I'm in the NIV. I'm going to be also in the New Living Translation. Uh, next week, I might be in the um, other translations, but I'll try to tell you what translation I'm in. Uh, as we go through this, uh, so that you kind of know, okay? But the NIV, and of course, it'll also be up on the screen there. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, and again, where we got the title, what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And then number three, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time 
is near. So let's go ahead and jump on into this. That's going to kind of be our, our text for this morning is Revelation 1, 1 through 3. But we're going to jump into this. And we're just going to first start with a very, very short introduction to the book of Revelation. In your notes, the introduction to the book of Revelations. Number one, very simple. Again, I want you to understand it was written by John, who is one of the apostles of Jesus. Now, just so there's no confusion, this is John the Beloved, okay? This is one of the disciples of Jesus. This is um, the John who we see at the um, the Last Supper, who kind of leans back on Jesus, and, and, and so you know who this is, okay? He's also the disciple that Jesus basically said, listen, he's not going to die as a martyr. He's going to stay around, and so this is who writes this book. This is who receives this vision, and so we're talking about John the Beloved, okay? Next, it's not only written by John, but it's written by him while he was isol an isolated prisoner on the island of Patmos, okay? A lot of what happened to a lot of the disciples and apostles as they were preaching the gospel and, and sharing the good news and doing all those things, and eventually they're, they're killed. They're, they're martyrs for Jesus. Paul, or excuse me, John is not in the same way. He is taken and he's a prisoner and he's basically isolated on this island. And while he's on this island, he begins to pray and worship and God begins to, through Jesus, show him an amazing vision of the future and an amazing, some amazing things. And the book of Revelation has lots of parts in it, okay? And so we're going to look at those different parts later on in the series. But, but not only is it a book that has prophecy in it, but he, he writes to seven churches. Uh, he, he does a lot of things. He's shared a lot of, of things that are very important, okay? So... That's our writer, that's our time, that's our situation, okay? And that's what's basically happening as we basically open up the book of Revelation. Like I said, I just want to do a really short intro to the writer and the time and where and the place and all that sort of stuff. So let's jump on ahead now and let's look at what Revelation really does. What is it really about? And this is, again, in your notes. If you didn't get notes, um, they're out in the front table. You can grab some uh, afterwards and I can help you fill them in if you need to. But the second point we're going to looking at is what Revelation really does and kind of break it down a little bit and kind of look a little bit into it, okay? So what we're going to first looking about is the fact that Revelation predicts the future. Revelation predicts the future. Now, now for some of us, you would go, well, that's pretty obvious, but you know, sometimes we don't always understand these things, but that's one of the major components that we find in the book of Revelation. Let's look at Revelation 1, 3a. It says this, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Okay, this is more than just something that was written to the seven churches. This was more than something that was written to us as a part of the church. This is an expression of what's coming next. Okay, what is going to, how, how is this all going to end up? How, how is this all going to play out? When, we, when all this is said and done, what's all going to take place? This is something that we need to understand. This is a book of prophecy. Now, when you're dealing with prophecy, sometimes that is where we can kind of get into some issues, okay? Sometimes that can be where we get into a little bit of issues. And again, for a lot of people, prophecy can produce two different types of responses, okay? It can produce two different types of responses. The first that it can produce is fear and worry. Fear and worry, okay? When you, when you don't understand something, and listen, if we, when we get into this later on, there's a lot of this that, that you just read on your, on your own, and, and, and you just kind of go, what in the world is this all about? What, 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 what a, a dragon, and, and, and heads, and, and Babylon, and, and a prostitute, what, what, what is John saying here? What is he seeing here? And it gets confusing, and a lot of times, let's be honest, when things confuse us, we tend, they tend to scare us, 
Especially when we don't understand and there are things that are majorly important to what's going on in our world and how the world is going to go. I mean, obviously, this time uh, of, of our world, there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of things. I've, I've seen um, a lot of things on the internet from different types of people going, is this the end? Is this, is this the tribulation? What's going on? How is this all bringing? All? There's just a lot of that fear because we don't really understand a lot. One of the reasons that I believe this is a book of hope is, well, i got to be careful. I don't want to jump ahead. But it's because we can understand these things. We don't have to be afraid. But a lot of times, for people that don't understand, it brings fear. So that's the first thing that can bring, fear and worry. The second thing it can produce is faith and hope. The second thing it can produce is faith and hope. Okay, And that's an important thing that we need to understand. Because in us, as, as the people of God, this book should be exciting. This book should be a book, as, as weird as it sounds, this book should be a very popular book amongst the Christians. But it isn't. Because we don't understand it. There's a lot of people that I could get into of, of, of famous people that, 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 that not, not necessarily today, but, but back a long time ago, that wouldn't even touch the book of Revelation. Martin Luther wouldn't even hardly touch it. Calvin wouldn't hardly touch it because he was just like, uh, uh, this is just weird stuff. A lot of those guys wrote commentaries, but they didn't write a commentary on the book of Revelation. So it's, it's one of those things. But for us as Christians, it should produce faith. It should produce hope. The fact that it's prophecy is a big deal. And it's important that we catch that. And, and to show this, I want to look at Isaiah 41. In Isaiah 41, God is kind of having, it's kind of like a courtroom setting, if that'll make sense to you. And God is basically having, he's putting, he's putting uh, uh, idols, he's putting false gods, he's putting the nations that follow them on somewhat on trial. And he's having a discussion with them, and he's basically judging them and saying, listen, if you're really who you say you are, then, then this should happen, okay? And so if we look at Isaiah 41, starting with verse 21, this is what it says. This is what God is saying. Present the case for your idols, says the Lord. Let them show what they can do, says the king of Israel. Let them try to tell us what happened long ago so that we may consider the evidence. And let's continue with verse 23. Or, and this is important, let them tell us what the future holds so that we can know what's going to happen. Yes, tell us what will occur in the days ahead. And this is important. Then we will know you are gods. In fact, do anything, good or bad, do something that will amaze and frighten us. What's God saying here? God's basically saying, listen, if you're, an, if you're really a god, if you're really powerful, if you really know, prove it to me. How does God say prove it to me? He says prove it by telling us what's happened in the past and even more so tell us what's going to happen in the future. What's great about prophecy, what's great about Daniel, what's great about Revelation and, the, and some of the minor prophets that, that, that dive into some of these things is these are things that show that God knows, that God is powerful, that God is, knows it all, that he can say, listen, not only can I tell you what's going to happen, what happened in the past, I can tell you what's coming in the future. And that's a great thing. That should be something that brings us faith and more hope, knowing, listen, our God has got this. Our God is in control. And it's a great, great promise. It's a great promise. Let's look at the next thing that Revelation does. Revelation, and, and a lot of people, we miss this, and this is important. Revelation promises a blessing. It promises a blessing. Let's look at Revelation 1, 3. It says, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church 
and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says for the time is near. Blesses those. This is in your notes. Revelation is the only book of the Bible that has a direct and unique promise of blessing to those who read, listen to, and obey this message. What an amazing promise. What an amazing thing. God says, listen, if you read this book, if you study this book, if you obey what this book says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to show you great things. I'm going to do great things in this, uh, in your life, which is an amazing, amazing thing. Listen, we all want to be blessed. We all want God to do great things in us and through us. And here God says, listen, you want that in your life? Study this book. If you want that in your life, spend time diving into this book. Because here's the thing about Revelation. This is not a book that you can very easily just skim over. Okay? It's not a book that you can just be like, you know, I mean, can, let's just, can we be honest, you know? Like sometimes we'll read the Gospels. And we, for some of us, we've heard these stories a really, really long time. You know, it's like, oh, here we are again. This is the story where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Here we are again. Jesus is healing the leper. And here it is. And, and, and you know, and those are still powerful, real stories. But, but you know, we kind of are like, okay, kind of know what happens here. And, yeah, God can show us different things. And he does. And that's great. But, you know, it's kind of, Revelation is not that way. Revelation is not one of those books. Like, you know, I always think it's funny to me. Uh, and, and this is just me, okay, is you get those, you get those read through the Bible in a year plans. Okay, and, and, and I think those are great. If you do those, awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't misunderstand me. But I always think it's great because I always know about the time you're going to get bogged down. Okay, you're going to do great till you get about to Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Okay, and if you make it through those, you're going to do good, but you're probably going to get boiled down again when you get to some of the minor prophets, maybe even some of the major ones. You get through there, you're going to make it to the Gospels. You'll pick up their acts, you'll be good. In the letters, you'll be good. And then you're going to get bogged down again in Revelation. Because you're just going to, some of that stuff, you're going to go, wait a minute. What, what is this? Oops, what is this all about? What, what, what am I really looking at here? And, and, but it's a blessing. It's a blessing to study. It's a blessing to look. It's a blessing to look at those things. And here's why. The more you read and study this book, the more you discover God's plan and realize that he wins and Satan loses. The more you look at this, the more you figure out the plan, the more you see God's hand moving and doing things. Listen, that shows you God wins and that Satan loses. Listen, through all this stuff, I, I, I want to change your mindset, okay? Through all the COVID stuff and all, all the stuff that's coming that's not going to be good. Listen, I want to change your mindset and I want to help you see the world as I believe God wants all Christians to see the world. And that is with the glasses or the lens of prophecy and scripture and the biblical word. Okay? What does that mean? I want you to say to yourself, this is happening in my world, and not just take it at face value for what you get, but look at it through this lens of knowing that God's going to win, know that God has a plan, and that all the things God said is going to take place will take place, and at the end of it, we still win because God wins. And to look at it that way. Because when we do that, we don't have the fear anymore. We don't have those things because we realize that God wins. We realize that God wins. There's so many times, I, I was even talking to Linda this week, and we were talking about some of the things that are going on, and it was interesting because as we were talking about it, I was looking at it and I was going, well, you know, this is happening, which could lead to 
this happening. How did I know that this would happen? Because I've studied the book. And I know what God said is going to take place. Remember what the title of the message is. The things that must take place. And so it's important that we realize that. It's important that we understand. Listen, hear me here. No matter how bad this world gets. No matter how difficult our lives become. We still win. We still win. I've talked about this before, but uh, one of the things that I like to do is, is I don't usually, I very, very, very rarely watch sporting events live. Okay? The DVR is my friend. It is my friend for many, many reasons. One is because usually when the football games are on that I want to watch, I'm actually doing this, you know. But, but other than that, I, I like the DVR because I can get through the commercials quickly and, and, I, and if, if, if things, you know, I, I just like the DVR, okay? Now, there's one issue with the DVR, we've talked about this, is there are times where people in their desire, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to believe this, is, I'm going to go positive here, in their desire to celebrate with me, not to be mean to me and basically laugh at me because my team lost, but to celebrate with me, I will at times get a congratulatory text before I get an opportunity to watch the game. Okay? I've had that happen many times, you know, and so, or the worst thing is, and this is bad, do not do this, okay, and, and who cares, we'll, we'll never have sports again anyway, I'm teasing, um, is, is I'll get a text that's very cryptid or, or very strange, and then I'll spend the next two hours trying to figure out what that person was trying to say to me. My wife loves it when I do that. I mean, she just gets so happy and joyful when I do that, and so, it, you know, but here's the thing, what I found out, there have been times where the game has been somewhat um, spoiled for me, okay? Now, here's, what's, here's the positive of that, okay? No matter what happens in the second quarter, doesn't matter as much. No matter what happens in the fourth inning, it doesn't bother me as much. Why? Because I know the end. I know my team wins. I don't have to say, I don't sit there and, listen, if I, if I watch a game live and something happens, oh, I mean, oh my goodness, how, how could you do that? Why did you do that? How, you, why were you throwing it to him? Why would you throw a breaking ball at that count? Why did you center that pitch? Throw it on the outside corner. I'm all that way. I'm horrible. I'm terrible. Please never watch a game with me, okay? We all have to work on things, okay? We're all growing. <laughs> we're all having issues, okay? But here's the thing. If I know my team wins at the end, I live differently. I, 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 I pay attention differently. I understand that no matter what is happening in the third quarter, my team wins. And the problem is, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of Christians that are walking around in our world today and they have forgotten that we win. It doesn't mean, it doesn't matter what happens in the second quarter. It doesn't matter that your team is down by 10 runs. Our team wins. But we forget that. We don't live that way. And instead we let fear and we let those things happen. As we study this book, one of the major blessings that we get is that understanding that we win. That we win. Number four. Revelation really reveals Jesus. It really reveals Jesus. If you haven't noticed this, every book, every book is about Jesus. Every book. Our Bible is about our Jesus. Look at Revelation 1, 1 through 2. It says this, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, 
who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation is about Jesus. It is a revelation about him. Okay? We can get so bogged down with timelines. We can get so bogged down with here and then and where and how and all those things that we can forget who this book is really about. The, the Greek word that we use or that we translate the word revelation from is, is going to be up on your screen. And I'm not even going to, I wish I could try to give you the pronunciation. I, I looked online and I believe it's a, I wrote it down here, a, a Apocalyptus. I believe that's wrong, so just, just, but that's the word, okay? My, my Greek is not obviously that great, okay? But it means to uncover or unveil, okay? What is this book about? This is about uncovering and unveiling things, and it starts with unveiling and uncovering Jesus. It starts there. Do you realize that Revelation contains the only description of Jesus' physical appearance? It's the only one. Now, now, we'll see certain things, even in the Old Testament, where it kind of, well, you know, he was kind of a man that didn't, wasn't, wasn't that attractive or you wouldn't notice. But this really is the only book that gives us a definite description of Jesus. And it's found in Revelation 1. So let's look at it together because I think this is important because this is a neat thing. Revelation 1, verses 13 through 16. This is what it says. And standing, and this is John speaking, and then standing in the middle of the lampstands, was someone like the Son of Man. Now we start into the description. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were polished, were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves he helped he held excuse me seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth and his face was like the sun in its all its brilliance that's our jesus okay that's our jesus this is in your notes everything in this vision of jesus speaks of strength majesty authority and righteousness and here's the thing we need to understand we like to think of him as he was not jesus as he is but the jesus that john saw is the real jesus jesus or the real jesus the jesus that lives and reigns in heaven today that is our jesus I don't know if any of you have seen this, and, 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 and I have not seen all of them. I've seen a couple, and I've seen clips, but, but I don't know if any of you have seen, uh, I think it's called The Chosen. Is that right? The Chosen. And it's, I, I know that when all this happened, it, it, I don't remember, I saw stuff on YouTube. I don't know if there's other places where you can download them. And, and the, the ones I saw, I mean, I thought they were great. I, I haven't seen them all. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're perfect. I don't know. I haven't seen. But the ones I've seen, as far as the clips and things, has been really good. But you know what? That is really our, our view of Jesus, isn't it? it, it it's the man. It's, it's, the, it's the carpenter's son. Okay? And what I like about what I've seen so far is the guy that plays Jesus is, is kind of normal. He, he doesn't, he's not lily white. He, he, he looks Jewish, which Jesus was Jewish, you know. 
and, and, and he kind of, he's walking around. He's not, wearing, he's not wearing a white robe and a blue sash. He's wearing, he, listen, I've, the ones I've seen, he looks like he's wearing a burlap sack, which is perfect because that's what Jesus would have worn. But see, that's sometimes our view of Jesus. That's our Jesus, is, is the carpenter's son, the teacher. And listen, I'm not saying that's not who Jesus was, okay? But listen, that's not who Jesus is now. And I'll be honest with you, if I look at Jesus and the world and the trouble that I face right now, I don't want a carpenter's son. I want that Jesus. I want a Jesus that is powerful and strong, that has the word of God coming out of his mouth like a strong two-edged sword with fire in his eyes. That's the Jesus I want. The Jesus with the, the white hair that symbolizes purity. The, the, the feet of bronze that are refined. Our Jesus has been refined. And he's come now pure. That's our Jesus. Listen, when you call on Jesus, you're not calling on, 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 a, on, on Mary's son. Hear me here. You're calling on the all-powerful God who is powerful and strong and mighty. When you're worshiping, you're not worshiping a guy in a burlap sack. You're worshiping a, a God who is in heaven, in power and enthroned in glory, who has all praise, honor, and authority given to him. That's our Jesus. That's what Revelation shows us. Sometimes we need a deeper, more, more grand understanding of Jesus. You ever, you ever read the scripture and go, man, why, why is it that when we talk about Jesus, you know, all these people that kind of see him and experience him, why is it that we always hear about this awe factor? Why? Because that's the Jesus they understand. That's the Jesus they're seeing. And what's interesting, and this is not in your notes, but look in, in, in chapter, still in chapter 1, verse 17. Listen to what John does after verse 16. This is what he says happened. He says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Can, can, I, I, know, I know this is kind of a weird comment here because we love and, and please understand we are okay but we, we like to jesus is our buddy jesus is our friend okay and, and and we'll we'll fall on our face before god but will we fall on our face in reverence and worship before our jesus you get me and and i think if we can see him as he is that becomes shown to us we see who he is it's revealed to us in this book and it's so important the final thing, the last thing, as we kind of kind of do this, you know, overhead look of the book of Revelation. Again, we'll, we'll get into more detail in the next coming weeks, okay? But the last one, number five, is Revelation shows us the location of God the Father. It shows us the location of God the Father, and I believe this is important. We're going to jump to Revelation 4. We're going to jump and in, in look in Revelation 4, and this is what it says. It says, after this I looked, I being John, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. There's a throne in heaven. There's somebody sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper 
and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald, encircled the throne. And now let's jump to verse number five. Same uh, chapter. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbles and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and were covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. As we study this book, as we look at this book, I want you to understand the location of God the Father. As we deal with things in our world that we never dreamed would be possible six months ago. I want you to remember the location of God the Father. You see, God the Father is still on the throne. And throughout the book, he stays on the throne. And he has not left his throne. Look at, look at Revelation 1.8. In Revelation 1.8, it says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is who always was and who is still to come, the Almighty One. That's our God. Why? Why do we have a peace that passes all understanding? Why can we look and see a world that just seems to be falling apart? Why? Simple. Because our God is still on the throne and He's the Almighty One. And because He wins, He wins. And because he wins, we win. And no matter how bad it gets, and listen, hear me here. We're going to look at this. It's going to get worse. Okay? I, I am not going to lie to you. I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest with you. This, listen, I'll just be, can I, just hear me here. Okay? Okay, please. If you think this is bad, what we're dealing with right now is bad, hold on to your seats. Okay? I'm not saying that's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm telling you, as you look at this, the, this world is not going to get better. Okay? Now, we can be a light in it, we're called to be a light in it, and we can make a difference in it. And we will make a difference in it. But listen, I've read the book, and God wins, but listen, listen, I'm just be honest with you, the third quarter is going to be rough. Okay? The fourth quarter, the beginning, of, it is not going to be easy. You're going to be sitting there, we're going to be sitting there, and it's going to be some amazingly horrible stuff. But you know what? Our God is still on the throne. Our God is still in control. Our God still has a plan. And he's almighty, and he's strong. And you know what? Here's what's awesome. Here's what, you know what? We, we, we talked about it in, in Revelation 4. You know what those, those, those cherubim are doing? You know what those creatures are doing? They have not stopped saying Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. 
Ladies and gentlemen, in the world that we are facing right now, it is important that we remember where our location of our Father is. He is still in control. He is still powerful. He has still got us. And he still wins. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. We're going to close. Again, this was really just the beginning. Next week, we're going to look at the seven churches, which is a great, great thing to look at and study. When we look at scripture, when we see the number seven, that really is the word or the number of completion. And it's important that you catch that because these are, these are written to seven literal churches at the time. And, and I believe that we, we see the word or the number seven because it is the complete church. It's, it's, not, it's not just seven churches that were dealing with certain things in that time. It's for the complete church. That's us. That's all of us. And next week we're going to look at that. We're going to study that. We're going to look at those, those churches and how that applies to us today. But listen, I want to leave you with something. I want to leave you with hope. I want to leave you with hope. There's a reason why the last two points that we looked at this morning covered Jesus and covered our Father. Covered the Spirit of God. Because I know as we get into this, and even with the world that we're facing right now and dealing with right now, there can be some apprehension. There can be some fear. There can be some, what do you mean? I mean, as I was reading it, I'm going, guys, as I was reading chapter 4, I was like, okay, please, please follow me. Don't, don't get hung up right now on, the, on, the, on the, the lion and the ox and the man, you know, and the eagle and all the eyes. Don't, don't, don't go there. Just stay with me for a second because it's so easy to get there. It's so easy to focus on those things and forget to focus on who those things were focused on. But listen, this is hope. This is hope. This is, listen, you know what this is? Let me go back to the illustration. This is, this is God sending you a text at halftime. Or maybe the third quarter. I don't know where we're at. And this is God saying, hey, listen. Listen, I know, I know the world's a little cuckoo right now. I know there's stuff going on that, that you know, that you never dreamed of. But hey, listen, just wanted to send you a text. Just wanted to let you know we win. We win. John, John, we win. We win. I don't know about you, but right now, I'll just, there's a part of me that's just tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to figure out what to do in this world right now. Where can I go? Where can I not? Do I need a mask? Do I not? Can I go eat there? Can I not? I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't know if you're tired, but I'm tired tired of driving someplace and looking at my wife and my son. Do we need to put a mask on? Do we not? And, and I'm not talking about masks should, should not, but I'm just tired. Okay, hear me? And I think right now, myself and all of us need a reminder. We win. This isn't going to last forever. What's going to last forever is we're going to see it in the next couple weeks. We're going to see a marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to see a millennial reign of Christ. We're going to see a time when God says time will be no more. And there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And it'll go on 
and on and on. And there will be no sickness. And there will be no death. And there will be no dying. And God will wipe every tear from our eyes. We win. Please remember we win. When you turn on the news, when you get on the internet, no matter what you see, we win. We win. And what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us today? It's real simple. We got to be on the right team. We got to be on the right team. Because see, in this scripture, and what we see in Revelation, there's a winner and there's a loser. There's a winning team and there's a losing team. And our job, first and foremost, is to make sure we're on the winning team. You see, because here's the bottom line. If you read the book of Revelation and you're on the wrong team, you better believe it's a scary book. But when we've accepted Jesus, when we understand that we win, it's not a scary book anymore. Yeah, there's parts that's hard to understand. Yeah, there's stuff in it that we have to really focus in on. But the bottom line is even stuff we don't understand, we still know we win. What's scary is for the people that we know that are not on the winning team. So what do we need to do? First of all, we, again, we need to make sure we're on the winning team. The second thing is we need to get more people on our team. We need to understand that as we looked at in the scripture, this time is running out, folks. You know, and I'm, listen, I'm not going to be this guy, well, Jesus is coming tomorrow. I, I don't know when Jesus is coming back. All I know is he's coming back soon. How, do you, how can you say that? Because it's sooner today than it was yesterday. Jesus could come back today. He could come back in 500 years. That's up to him. And, or actually, the Father knows. Jesus doesn't even know. But, but that's on him. My job is to get on the winning team and get as many people as I can to join God's team. You see, we can spend a lot of time more interested with watching, you know, the shot clock than actually playing the game. We can know the times and we can know the seasons and we're supposed to. We also have to be about our Father's business, getting people on our team. So as we go through this series, as we look at these things, let, let's let this be a message and a series, and I'm going to try real hard to do this, of hope. Not just of hope, but listen, hear me, but of urgency. Of urgency to say, you know what? We need more people on, on God's team. We need more people on the winning team. And God wants to use you and he wants to use me to help bring that about, okay? So let's, let's pray. Let's all stand. John and the worship team are gonna lead us in a chorus, but I wanna pray with you really quickly and then they'll lead us. Father, we love you and we thank you. And God, you're so good. And God, I thank you for each one that's here. Father, if there's anyone here that God is on, not on your team, Father, I pray right now that they would accept you that they would simply pray. They would simply say, Father, I love you. I need you. I need forgiveness of my sins. I acknowledge that you came, you died, and you rose again. And I know you are Lord and you are Savior. And Father, for those of us that have accepted you, those of us that are on the right team, Father, I pray that this series would not just be a series of hope and excitement for us. I pray it is, but I pray even more. It would be a series that brings about a, a, a level of, 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 of knowing the time is short. 
knowing that there are people that you have put in our lives that need to get on your team. And we need to understand that, you know what? We got to move. We got we to gotta do the things that you've called us to do. And that, Father, there would be an urgency in our hearts and in our lives to get as many people as will to come join your team. Because here's the deal. There are people who are scared. There are people who have no hope. But Jesus, you, through your death, resurrection, you bring us hope. And this book is a book of hope. Because in this book, we know that Satan loses and that you win. Because you win, we win. So God, I pray that you would help us to get as many people on the winning team as we can and share with them your love, your grace, your mercy, but also understand, help them to understand that judgment is coming. It's coming. But they can still be on the right team. Today is the day of salvation. But one day, as it happened in the days of Noah, that ark door will shut. But right now, it's open. So help us to get as many people inside as we can. We love you and we thank you, God. You're so good. You're so good. Thank you, Lord. with them all and we say holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty 
who was and is and is to come, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the God that wrote the first chapter and the last chapter, who showed us how it all begins and how it all ends. We worship you this morning. We love you this morning. We thank you this morning. You're so good. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, listen, my, my goal this whole series, and again, it's gonna be short. You need to be here, okay? Or watch online or, you know, all that stuff. But, but listen, I, I, my, my job through this whole thing is to ruin the game for you. Okay, I want to ruin the game. I want to be that guy now, okay? I've had it happen to me too many times. I get to be that guy, okay? I want to ruin the game for you so that you know no matter how bad it gets in the third, fourth, whatever quarter, our God wins, all right? So I'm going to ruin it for you. So be here, let me ruin it for you, and we'll go all this together, okay? All right, I love you. Have a great week. Please stay cool. It's hot. Look forward to Tuesday. I think it's supposed to be like cooler Tuesday. Hallelujah. And uh, we'll see you all soon. Love you guys so much. And those online, love you. Hope that you're doing well. If you need anything, let us know, okay? Love you all. Have a great week.